All right, how's it going, New Hope? Uh, today starts our second week of Lent. Every Wednesday during Lent, uh, we're, we're sharing a story of fasting from our personal lives, somebody from history. Uh, we want to encourage uh, you to begin the journey of fasting. Maybe some of you have done this before. Maybe some of you haven't. And so we don't want it to be high pressure, but we want to kind of challenge you and push you to consider practicing fasting in some way. Traditionally, that's... Uh, taking a break from food. Maybe that doesn't work for you. Maybe some of you have done that before. Uh, I think increasingly maybe fasting, if Jesus was here, would be other things. So fasting from technology or fasting from something that you drink or something that you watch or, well, you can fill in the blank as we go and as you pray through it. But we kind of wanted today, I want to introduce the idea of fasting, talk a little bit of my own personal experience uh, with fasting. I didn't grow up in a church culture uh, that uh, emphasized fasting. And so my first fasting experience, I was, I think I was 19 or 20. We were at uh, a big Christian musical festival called Creation Musical Festival in Pennsylvania. It's not going on anymore. And a lot of you are like, what is that? And that was a thing in the 80s and 90s. And so there's like 19-year-old John, 20,000 people at this festival out in this field with speakers and Christian rock bands and that kind of deal. And so on the last day, one of the speakers, I can't even remember who, uh, got up and gave this impassioned talk and, and challenged everybody to fast from TV and, and, and kind of demonized TV, kind of like it's evil, it's of the devil. And, and I'm just like, yes, it's of the devil. I should fast that. And there was kind of like the crowd deal. So I committed uh, to fast from TV for a month. <clears throat> so I exited that. Uh, but I hadn't really thought that through. I, I was moved in the moment to do it. Uh, and I'm a committed person, so I wanted to follow through. I went immediately on a vacation with the girl that I was dating at the time and her parents to the beach. And uh, they, they uh, were, were not exactly faithful followers of Jesus, so I'm living with all of them, and TV's on all the time. So I have to kind of explain this to them. And then I'm a big tennis fan, and I remember the U.S. Open was on this year. And this was back when Andre Agassi, who was my favorite tennis player, was playing. And it was so difficult to keep my commitment to fast. And I would kind of walk through the living room, hiding my eyes, and I would kind of peek through if Agassiz was playing, and then I'd feel horrible, like I was letting Jesus down, and on and on. So I kind of miserably failed in my first uh, experience with fasting, but I don't think that it was set up well for me. And that's some of what we hope these experiences will do for you, set it up well biblically for you to succeed. Because I think I was, uh, it was put forth to me as a practice that was punitive. And it was uh, all about guilt and all about shame. And that's absolutely not what fasting is about. So I took a long break from fasting. And only in the last probably decade have I begun to weave it back into my life with, with greater success. So uh, typically each year during Lent uh, is a season that uh, we have been talking a lot about. And we kind of introduced that uh, this past Sunday. Uh, Christians, followers of Jesus, fast from something. And so we want to kind of challenge you as a community to think through what that would be. The last couple of years, this may seem weird to you, but I'm giving you examples creatively of what you can fast from. I fasted from sports talk radio, and a lot of you'd be like, well, that's really easy because that's stupid, and I never would listen to that. <laughs> fair, fair enough, but I love it. And I get into a rhythm of getting into my car, and I travel a lot, and I'm on the road a lot for meetings and work, and immediately sports talk radio. And I love it. I love sports. I love thinking about sports. But it really isn't that important. I understand that. And so the last couple Lent seasons, that is the thing I felt led by the Lord to fast from. Just to give you an example, it can be anything. Because I sensed maybe there was kind of like a, a coping mechanism addiction kind of thing going on there. 
And to be honest, it's been profound both Lent seasons I've done that uh, because I, one, have begun to listen to things like books or podcasts that have more deepened my faith, uh, or I, I inevitably it's just silent and I don't have anything on. And I realized in that fast from sports talk radio how I was coping uh, with some of my internal issues and my sin with noise. I was kind of addicted to noise, and I couldn't hear the soft whisper of, of God. So I think you know, some of the things you might want to think about in your life when you think about fasting, uh, this is a definition of idolatry, but I think it fits well here. We usually t- fast from good things that have become ultimate things good things that, that um, we're using to kind of deal with this ache at our souls or this void, and we're using it instead of God. And so usually you're not fasting from just evil things because evil things you should just stop doing. <laughs> like, it shouldn't be a fast. You should just not do them. It's usually like good things. Like there's nothing inherently wrong with sports talk radio or food or if you're going to fast from a glass of wine or whatever it may be. There's not anything inherently wrong, but maybe... That's becoming more predominant in our souls than, than, it, than it should be. So uh, what's, what are some difficulties with fasting for me? Some of the challenges that you might find. Uh, we found, for me, it's housed right in Scripture. There's 77 references to fasting in the Bible. So it's a really important practice. Jesus talks about it a lot. The prophets talk about it in the Old Testament. But one of the tension points is Jesus, when he talks about fasting, is always talking about the motives. The prophet Isaiah says, uh, he's, he's kind of condemning the people for fasting, and he says it's pointless fasting. So keep that in mind. We can fast, and it can be pointless fasting, like when I fasted from TV, kind of, at 19. It was pointless fasting. I was doing it for the wrong reasons. So Jesus is always talking about what is the motive of your heart. So as you're thinking about what you want to fast, think about that. This is what Jesus says. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do. They disfigure their faces and show everybody they're fasting. Truly, I tell you, Jesus said, they've received the reward. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so it will not be obvious that you're fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen uh, and sees what is done in secret will reward you. So our fasting... And people who write about it talk about this a lot, should be centered on God and not us. When I fasted from TV, because I was compelled in that moment as a 19-year-old, it wasn't about God. It was about me. It was about an emotionalism thing. That would be Isaiah saying, and Jesus, that's pointless fasting. So it should be about us not wanting stuff for us, but wanting more God. So as I've kind of like reframed how I enter into fasting, I've become, begin to have more positive experiences because I've learned that fasting is not punitive by nature. It should be life-giving. So let's go back to these coping mechanisms. All of us are broken, no judgment. I'm broken, probably more than you are. And we all use uh, coping mechanisms, if you will, to dull pain or trauma, to distract from boredom to address like this soul ache that I think this Imago day deep longing we have for the Lord that's there that only God can fill, we use all kind of not inherently bad things, but good things to meet those things and they never truly do. So fasting kind of removes those coping mechanisms from the scene and allows us to really feel what's going on and allows the opportunity for God to fill us. So it's interesting, the, the word fast, I did a little research. If you go to New Hope, you know I love etymology and where do these words come from. So I did a little deep dive on it and maybe it's boring, but I think this is fascinating. It's, the word fast is derived from the Anglo-Saxon word uh, firm or uh, strong or, or fortified or something that's fixed like a fortress. 
And what, what I think that means is fasting, when we do it right and for the right reasons, it reveals where the foundations of our lives rest. That's where I think the connection is with the etymology. If the word means firm and fixed and strong foundation, when we fast, it reveals what our life is built upon. And guess who talks about that a lot? At the end of Jesus' most famous sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, he ends the sermon. This is his close, this analogy. He says, essentially, is your house or your life, what is it built on? That's what Jesus is asking. So Jesus says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine puts them into practice as like a wise man or woman who built their house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. It's solid, it's firm. Everyone who hears these words of mine does not put them into practice. And this is the opposite example, is like a foolish man or woman who builds their house on the sand, not the rock. So then the the rains uh, came and the winds blew and beat against the house and it came down with a loud crash. And Jesus is like, thank you for coming. That's how he ends his, his message. Jesus is like, essentially, is your house built on me or something else? And that's at the end of the day, if you remember nothing else today, that's what fasting is. It's a, it's a revelation of what we're building our lives on. And we, we have blind spots. I have blind spots. You do. We're self-deceived creatures. So we begin to cope and build our lives on the sand. All these things that are not bad things, but they, they won't hold us up, especially when the storms come. And it's not if storms come, it's when, and we all know that if we're human. So what are we building our lives on? What are you building your life on? What am I building my life on? The verbal form of fasting means to hold firmly. Isn't that interesting? And so fasting reveals what we're holding on to. And as we say at New Hope all the time, we want to, as followers of Jesus, hold on to Jesus for dear life. And so when we fast, whatever that may be, it removes those things, those coping mechanisms, things that are not Jesus, and creates space for Jesus. So uh, as we, as we kind of uh, focus our prayers and focus our hearts over this season, we're going to be coming back again and again to the Lord's Prayer in each week, uh, kind of talking about an aspect of the Lord's Prayer and so I thought of the, the line from the Lord's Prayer that, uh, Lord, uh, give us daily bread. Because typically in the scriptures, when they're talking about fasting, they're talking about fasting for food. Now, I think if Jesus was here today, um, he would be fine with us fasting other things. Food, they live day to day. Uh, they didn't have like storehouses. Typical people didn't have storehouses and refrigeration systems like that. So it was a day-to-day thing. Food was everything. For a lot of people, it was just survival. Your goal each day was to find food and bread was the main thing. So we see kind of this theme in scripture of, of God giving the Israelites manna in the desert. He's keeping them alive. He's essentially daily, every day saying, I'm your sustenance. And then you see Jesus, God incarnate, come and right at the beginning of his ministry, Jesus is tempted And the evil one says, I'll give you all this stuff, whatever you want, if you bow down and worship me. And Jesus quotes scripture and says, uh, mankind does not live on bread alone, but on the word of God. And if you connect that back to the end of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is like, that's me. I am the word of God. So, you you know, life should be built on me. And then at the Last Supper, which we'll be talking about in this holy season, Jesus enters into the Seder meal as the sacrificial lamb, as the center point of that meal. And, and then in the book of John, he says, I am the bread of life. 
So it's all tied together there. When, pe- when people are fasting from bread, Jesus is like, but I'm the bread. And that's okay. So you need to sometimes fast, Jesus says, from things to know that I am the all in all. I am the one who will sustain you. I am the good, sh- I'm your good shepherd. So if you understand that, you will not need anything. I provide everything you need. So I think my prayer for myself today, my prayer for all of us as we enter into the season is God give us our daily bread. Maybe that when you pray that prayer now, that line pops in a different way because I think it's connected to fasting. When we, when we try to provide our own daily bread with stuff and we cram our famished souls with stuff that will not satisfy, it will not be sustenance for us. Fasting removes that stuff from the scene and allows Jesus to fill us. So kind of when we say, give us our daily bread, we're saying, give us Jesus. And that's my prayer for all of us this Lenten season. So let me pray for us. Uh, God, I pray for myself. I pray for New Hope Church, all of us followers of Jesus as we enter this Lenten season and we perhaps, as led by you, practice fasting. Give us wisdom. What to fast? I pray over the people listening right now. Spark something in their mind. Help them to use their imagination. Help them to be honest. Help me to be honest. What are crutches maybe at our life? What are things we're becoming too dependent on that maybe for a season we need to do without so we can feel stuff, so we can sense that ache for you and allow your Holy Spirit to come in and fill us and make us whole. And I pray for that for myself and I pray for that for all the people uh, that are participating today uh, in this video and, and listening. And I pray that for all of New Hope, God. Uh, Have your way with us and give us more Jesus. I pray in his name. Amen.